Hola. What's up, guys and gals? It's Tony Florio. And tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. Super excited because it's magic flow bus time. And we're going to be having a great full day of flow activities. Hanging out with amazing people. Doing cool flow shit. Like ice baths and yoga and breathing exercises to induce the flow state. That state of mind where we feel our best and perform our best. It's an optimal state of consciousness that a lot of us feel when we lose track of time. And we have conversations with people and time just blows by where 10 minutes feels like, I don't know. This obviously the opposite. <laughs> well, you're talking for about an hour and it only feels like a few minutes. And I think Einstein said that and that, you know, time is relative. And why is it that when we put our finger on a stove, a hot stove, it feels like an eternity. But when you're talking to a pretty girl, it feels like it's too, too short, you know? And I just butchered that. That was just crazy. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting about feeling alive and having a good time, having fun, being around amazing people, sharing good food, sharing company, sharing everything that's beautiful and nasty about life and just getting real. So that's Magic Flow Bus. Looking forward to it. Hanging out in the Mission District of San Francisco for Cinco de Mayo, it'd be really cool to see the cultural celebration and uh, also to spend time at Ocean Beach. So this show is actually sponsored by my next guests on this show. And uh, they're Ross and Kara of F-Bomb Nut Butters. They make amazing, nutritious, high-fat, not low-fat nut butters and um, it's just really cool that you know I feel really grateful to have them in my life uh, it's really neat to see them start a company from scratch just out of their own need for being uh, keto ketogenic uh, living like a similar uh, parallel paleo lifestyle um, I'm just butchering that to you. <laughs> but they uh, they like to have more fats in their diets. And uh, they find that that enables them to perform uh, and function at a high level versus being bogged down by uh, processed carbohydrates. So if you're interested in, you know, trying their nut butter products, they're all macadamia based. I love them. They're delicious. Um, go to their website, dropanfbomb.com, and enter the promo code FLOWREAL, F-L-O-W-R-E-A-L, and that will give you 20% off of your first nut bomb, or excuse me, fat bomb order. So without further ado, um, I'd just like to introduce my favorite people Ross and Kara Taylor of Fat Bomb and uh, they just are such amazing people like I said earlier they figured out a way to uh, provide high fat nutrition for their own life and then you know 
it just sort of fell into their laps that there was a market for this type of uh, on-the-go snack or even meal for people that are looking for, you know, high-quality fats in their diet and have a hard time finding that even in restaurants where a lot of the oils that they use are are rancid or oxidized and, uh, you know, they put in, put these uh, nut butters in an awesome, you know, tear pouch, tear away pouch that it's just easy to eat on the go and doesn't bog you down. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Ross and Kara Taylor. Enjoy, everybody. We are live. What's happening, Ross and Kara? Hey, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for coming on Hangry and Horny. We're at the F-Bomb headquarters. Yeah, so you came to us. This is great. So yeah, good. that's what I do. I just feel like it's important that uh, I get that connection in the flesh because I've done like interviews on Skype or one of those like virtual things, and it just doesn't feel like you get that full like effect being in front of like a person in human form 3D. you know yeah 3d That's yeah awesome. so i think it's just more powerful that um you know we interact in person and i think the audience gets more of that like effect as well yeah i agree but it's been a it's been a real pleasure having you out here yeah it's so uh nice man you. i'm just having a good time the last four days being with you guys hanging out seeing like you guys work um just hearing the stories of you know, your background, your path, you know, the convoluted paths we were talking about. and Very and, convoluted. Yeah, and, and like never in your wildest dreams did you ever like think you're going to be doing this, right? She never thought she'd be the fat lady. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we never. The fat never, lady <laughs> sings, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like all of 110 pounds maybe. But no, we joke about being the fat people or the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah, like eating like didn't expect. Yeah, that. yeah, yep. yeah, eating fat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how did this all began? Like with Fat Bomb, like how did you guys conceive of this? You, uh, you she, go. <laughs> as we look at each other, who's who's doing this? Uh, you know, we started making stuff for ourselves. We were both eating a low carb, high fat ketogenic diet, and. You know, at home, you can always find coconut oil and olive oil and things and control what you're eating. But when you're out, even if it's local, you know, in a restaurant, you can get the protein and the good veggie carbs, but it's hard to find enough or the right kind of fat mm. if you're not at home. You never know what's in the salad dressings. You never know, even if it's real olive oil, if it's old and oxidized or rancid. And so we started making our own stuff in little packets and they would leak, but we'd put them in an algae bottle so they wouldn't get all over your luggage. Okay. And that's kind of how this started. We did it part-time and realized there was a market for it. Yeah, other people other people did want them too. Okay, so you had like mentioned it or somebody like kind of eavesdropped and noticed that you guys would like bring out these packets and put it on your food? Like, How did that come about with other people 
for being interested. Well, people would always notice. I think it wasn't so much that people were saying, hey, I want to buy that. You know, uh, we know a local person who started making bars and taking them into the, the Grand Canyon on river trips. And hers started like that. People were saying, hey, I want some of those. Uh, we were eating this stuff and just realized that since we couldn't find what we wanted, there must be a hole in the market. So it was sort of an assumption, I guess. Yeah. But we eased into it part time and, you know, started making stuff in a commercial kitchen space and offered it for sale. And our first day we launched it, people bought stuff. That was scary. Yeah. How long ago was that when you guys started the actual commercial production? Uh, production was in 2015, and then we did our first sales October 15th of 2015. We know the day. Yeah. And that was all like uh, in person or online or? Online. Okay. Yeah. We put the website The live. website. Okay. And what kind of like website was it? Was it like Shopify or something or? Yeah, we actually thought about Shopify. We didn't start there. We started with uh, Squarespace. Actually, before Squarespace, we remember my little homemade cheesy oh, site? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a cute. WordPress thing or something? Or? <laughs> I, it might have been. I don't even remember what platform we That's used. True. And then we had somebody local made the space in, in Squarespace and and bettered it. And then we switched to Shopify after we found some limitations in Squarespace. Okay. Shopify has been, been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Grow there, yeah. So that's been good. And um, so, how did people find out that you had this for sale? It was just local word of mouth first, or we we brought Jimmy Moore in. Uh, You know, Jimmy's big in the keto community, and when we were doing all of our prep work and setting up, getting the licensing and the permitting and all that. We were looking at how do we get the word out about this, and he seemed like a good fit, the obvious fit. He's written so many books on keto and health and just has such a great podcast following that we reached out to Jimmy, and because of all my travel, I had a lot of airline points, and we okay. said, hey, we would like to bring you and your wife out. Uh, we used a bunch of airline points. We got them rooms at the Monte Vista Hotel downtown. and Love that hotel. Uh, Brought them out before we launched and told them, okay, October 15th, we're going live. And we did a podcast. <laughs> she laughs because... It was a little terrifying. I, I didn't think we were remotely ready to start selling things. Yeah. Then, but... Oh, we weren't. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, that's pretty much like yeah. the story of a lot of like companies is like start with a minimal viable that's product what you need and to just do. start. Start before you're ready. Yeah, right. So I made that commitment uh, in a podcast with Jimmy that we recorded before October 15th. And then as October 15th approached and we realized we weren't, we were ready, but we weren't as ready as we wanted to be. So Yeah, there was a little scrambling. Yeah, I was going to say, because he has like a following. Yeah. And it's just you two at this point, right? Yeah. 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 So all of a sudden had all these orders coming in. Yeah, like we did the, have a pretty good first day. It was, it wasn't as scary, bad, or as big as we we feared it might be. Okay, you know, there's a balance there. Yeah, you, if you've got crickets and there's nothing, that's of course terrifying. And mm-hmm. if you get inundated and can't handle it, that's terrifying. And we were happily in the middle. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was just just pretty much okay. Was it uh, still a little bit overwhelming, or was it just just about right to start? 
it was not too bad. <laughs> it was a little overwhelming, but yeah, it was, there was a pretty steep learning curve just doing all of the all the parts and pieces ourselves. So right, and you had like yeah. no background in any of this, like no. food preparation or no. licensing and getting a place set up. Like there's, it was all like learning on the go. Yeah. Okay. And if you see, you know, someday we we joke about having the museum, and we'll have our first little peristaltic pump and the switch was mounted in a cardboard box you know so you would reach over and hit the switch to fill uh yeah we've learned a lot yeah we've kind of come a long ways too but we've it, it wasn't as bad so much. As, it wasn't as bad as like the flintstones or something right we had like little animals like <laughs> no, behind the not, tv and <laughs> not quite that bad no yeah wow so um did any of your prior like work history background like come into play with starting this business or were there like any kind of transfer or translation? Weirdly, yeah, probably. Okay. You know? um, for me, I had some other starting a business experience, starting a restaurant. So that just how do you keep track of everything and put all the parts and pieces together to do all the business things right um yeah just yeah i think i think all of that life experience it's all just problem solving so yeah yeah and what was the the biggest like problem that like showed up that was just like oh shit <laughs> uh oh um early on what would that have been just a lot to manage at once i can't think of a particular did you guys have like the original black packet at that time? That was was that the first iteration of the it product? Was, okay. Yeah, yeah. And those were the pre-made pouches. So, those all came in on time though. Yeah. But tell them how we did that with the labels. And I think that was the biggest challenge because you were putting the labels on. We were so to be flexible and to be able to offer more than one product starting out. A lot of people that launch a food product will go with a contract manufacturer and that's great but then you're committing to a big order of one thing and as we researched that ross figured out that we didn't need to do that and so we could get the equipment and we could pack you know set up a, a commercial kitchen and we could package this stuff ourselves and that was great because that let us do multiple things but when you have a pouch printed to put your product in, it's expensive to get multiple versions of that pouch printed. You need print rollers for each variety. So we had a basic pouch made, and then we got labels. We left a blank space on the, the pouch, and then we had clear labels that we put on each pouch, front and back, to customize by variety. And so each of those labels was put on one by one. We had... Ross made us a the label later, yeah, to help Yay. us supply them. But that was my hobby for a while. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, what was like the next step after that? Like, once you had these things like packaged, you had where there's like a pre-order, or you would just make a set amount, and then, like, where do you go from there? When we started, we were filling based on orders. You know, we were taking orders and I was working and Kara was working. We both had full-time jobs. And so we would go in after work and sometimes stay till 
midnight or one or two, just yeah. filling pouches and packing orders, and then the next day taking them to the post office. And it was very much, you know, the the fancy term is just-in-time manufacturing, but yes. there's a bit of panic there, you know. It wasn't the efficient just-in-time. We were We were making as much as we had to to send orders out because we didn't have time to really make more and get ahead. Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, I guess that was a challenge. That was stressful, not being able to, people wanted their order and we didn't quite have everything. So we had orders halfway filled and just the shipping was complex and we wanted to make everybody happy and we just didn't have the stuff. So that was we're in a we're in a happier place with that now. So yeah, great. imagine like that's the process. Yeah, you know, I was working in a job that required travel to at the time Japan regularly and and Kara's folks had some health issues that led her to leave town for 6 months and go live in Phoenix with her parents and if we got orders in, you know, if an order came in on Friday and I got back from my Japanese trip on Saturday, you know, we get them out over the weekend, but we were sitting there crossing our fingers, hoping nobody ordered on the Monday and then they'd wow. have to wait all week and we would send them, we would update customers. And I think that's why we, we worked it out, but okay. we would update customers and give them a coupon code and say, it's going to be delayed and thank you. And here's a discount off your order or a refund. Right. Sorry. We gave a lot of, yeah. we gave away a lot so of stuff. Sorry. It's not yeah. a great business model yeah no, that was that was definitely a that was a hurdle right right, right. you guys came in like communicating and being vulnerable so i think like what most people were pretty understanding they were yeah i think people really like in any business they like knowing who they're dealing with and so even if <laughs> you know what they're getting from us is an apology and i'm sorry we're you know we're backed up or they like that to just have that personal relationship and we liked that too we still do even now that we've yeah. grown uh, you know we just we had a customer we we had a recent price increase uh, it was really necessary because of the cost increase on the macadamia nuts that we use and a customer who uses our product and has cancer and he emailed us and he was Pretty irate. Can't believe you guys raised the price. I just noticed that. I need this for, you know, my health. And Kara responded directly, and he's like, whoa, I'm so sorry. He said, you know, the cancer treatment's affecting my cortisol levels. I get mm. angry. Hangry, you know? Hangry, yeah, right, because he's also and, uh, hungry, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. just the fact that Kara, you know, somebody from the company, I mean, one of the owners or founders reached out to him. He sent the nicest email back, and it was, I mean, it was very moving even. We just mm -hmm. got that this morning. Yeah, that was that was really nice. It's really, it feels good to be able to have that personal connection and, you know, do something a little nice for somebody. So that, yeah, that, yeah. that's good. I enjoy that. You know, we, we were writing, originally, either Kara or I were writing a thank you note on every single packing slip. And then as we grew and added employees, we were... You know, Kara and I were writing some notes, but most of the notes were written by our staff, Therese or Zev or somebody. And uh, now we've even outgrown that ability, but we still want to stay connected. So we plan to be able to send postcards out to customers, especially was, repeat customers. Right, right. Yeah, we're yeah, working yeah. on that today. How do we do that? How do we make that, you know, 
feasible to to keep communicating with people like that. It's nice. We do. I mean, we appreciate every everybody that orders from us. So yeah, you know, we want to be able to express that. This shines through with you guys. That's oh, why I thanks. love like working with you guys and hanging out. It's like you actually give a shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And yeah, it's so cool because you know once companies start getting bigger, and it's gonna be hard to connect with everybody as you scale. But For sure. you know, you really took care of like your early adopters because they're the ones that actually like enable you to reach this stage. So you know, doing your best and then actually making personal calls every so often like that's huge that's yeah that's i think that's one of our favorite parts is and we do feel like those are personal relationships you know it's not just a sea of customers it's people that we we've gotten to be friends with several of our customers and that's pretty cool yeah you know last week there was a customer who posted a review and it was such a nice review i looked her up and i called her Wow. And said, hey, you know, I want to talk to you and, you know, we might be able to sponsor you or somebody else, you know, I spoke to the week before and posted something and we reached out to her and she's writing a blog article for us now. And, you know, that's fun, but it's great. We've gotten to know the names. We've had some really good friends that we've made and developed out of this, yourself included now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got customers who not just because of our product, but have used keto to change or improve their life. Mm -hmm. And they tell us their stories. And some of those are really moving. You know, yeah. one of our customers is an ultra runner and he uses our products and, and other food just for his keto ultra running lifestyle, his endurance athleticism. And his daughter's type one diabetic. I think she's 12 or 14 and somewhere in there. He posted a picture, had me in tears and a, a post about, you know, how she finally found or he found something that she likes that doesn't spike her blood sugar. And, you know, that just is so it's very motivating. That's yeah. Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. A lot of neat feedback. So when you guys were actually producing a product, like, did you get it down like right away? Or how many iterations did you have with the recipe until you're like, OK, this is it? Well, I think because we had experimented on ourselves and we're making stuff that we wanted and liked. We didn't, we haven't changed anything. The only product that we, we launched or sold for a bit that we dropped was just the macadamia nut without any salt at all. And it tasted great, but everybody wants salt in their stuff. The athletes want salt for, you know, electrolyte replenishment. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody else likes salt because they want the salty snack. And so, we looked at the sales and realized that the plain version didn't it had, it sell had one, well. One big fan, and he was kind of sad, but we apologized. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we apologized. Yeah. And yeah. Sent you him got a, sacrificed yeah, for the, the greater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we apologized. I think we sent him 100 packs of plain out plain, of our last yeah, batch. Whatever, Just sent him 100 yeah. packs of it and said, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't changed anything else. Uh, even as we've grown or got the new machine here and our mixing, you know, we went from mixing literally two gallon batches at a time, two gallons of nut butter to now we're mixing 200 gallons at a time in a large, you know, mixing tank. And it's still the same stuff. And our, our ingredients we've, are simple. You know, we don't have a ton of stuff in there. We don't 
have a lot of there wasn't a lot to play with right know, right yeah it's just straightforward so, you know, whole food ingredients yeah. yeah yeah and um like how did the name come about because <laughs> that's like the best part i like think i mean well that's, obviously that's the, kara's scary genius yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i i don't know where that came from it we were we were debating what to call it we didn't have a good name for the brand yet and I woke up in the middle of the night one night and thought, oh, we should call it F-Bomb. And then I rolled over and went back to sleep. And I, over coffee the next morning, I told Ross about it. And I was kind of giggling like, huh, that's guy we can't, but here, that's what it came to me in the middle of the night. And he, he's like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can't really call it that. Right, right. And then it grew on me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I immediately, <laughs> I, I was thinking... You know, so many people post recipes for fat bombs. I thought, oh, what a great tie-in. And you can drop an F-bomb in your coffee, and you can mm -hmm. drop an F-bomb at work. And so we checked in the website. The domain drop an F-bomb was, I don't know why it wasn't taken, but it was available. Wow. And so we snagged it that morning. That was fate. <laughs> and about three days later, she was like, yeah, that, that'd be pretty good. That's all right. That's I mean, good. we, for a long time... You know, it took us close to a year to, from the time we came up with the idea to start selling product. We had to get our permitting, get our licensing, find a space, set up a commercial kitchen. And during all that time, all of our file structure in Dropbox was, it was just titled Glop. Oh, because okay, if you glop. take, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you take coconut oil or, yeah. or our house blend, which is coconut oil and a couple other natural organic oils, you put it in your coffee and it's cold, and you know it comes out and it kind of glops out. Yeah, and we had no idea what to call it really, and of course we're not marketing geniuses, which is why I was thinking we might call it glop. That would have gone over well. <laughs> oh, thank goodness you did. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, yeah. like Dr. Susie kind of right. gloppity glop glop. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, we would have had fun with it, but we were at a loss. And when Kara came up with the F-bomb dream, the, the middle of the night epiphany, I was, uh -huh. I just, it hit me. I said, okay. Yeah, that's, that's it. it, right? You just knew immediately. F is for fat, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> You know, somebody said, I love their product, but I, I'm i not a big fan of the... The, the F word. No, oh. yeah, how'd she say it? The something play on words. You know, the offensive oh. play on words. And okay. I went back, I said, what play on words? It's, <laughs> yeah. Fat bomb, what fat were you bomb. thinking? You know? Oh, right, yeah, like playing all naive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we joke around a lot, but we're having fun. And I think yeah. people realize we're not trying to be offensive. We're just trying to spark conversation. And um, so you guys are like part of that whole keto movement with like understanding that there's different kinds of fats and there's obviously healthy fats now. And like then there's the the uh, sort of trans fatty acids from like frying foods. Um, you went into other kinds of fats like vegetable oils or canola. Um, so... And then, and then you get into like the whole salt uh, scare as well, because we all been taught to like lower salt intake, lower fat intake, and so how did how did you guys get into like the fat, high fat, uh, you know, salt uh, part of your diet? Well, salt, I just always you know, 
you need it. And there's a great book out by uh, called The Salt Fix by Dr. D. Nicolantonio. He's a uh, he's a pharmacist, but he wrote just I think it came out last year. Fantastic book. Uh, really sort of reinforced what we thought about salt. And as far as the fat, I came into this, you know, into the low carb, high fat realm through my uncle, who was a cardiologist at Johns Hopkins. And after my dad had passed away, my uncle convinced me to kind of embrace low carb through the Atkins. He gave me an Atkins book. and Which is like ironic because he's a cardiologist. Yeah, you know, but he had is. diabetes and he knew we had this family history of diabetes. And so he he convinced me that that might be a better way to eat to avoid this family history of issues that he and my dad and his brother, all three were doctors and all three suffered from. And so that's how I came into this. And it was, you know, I was in and out of keto for years. For a long time, I was eating too much protein and not enough fat. But okay. once I really embraced the fat, not you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get punched. No, you know, once I really embraced eating healthy fat and increasing my fat intake more than it was, I lost a lot of the, the cravings that I would have if I was eating too much protein and, and not enough fat. And it became very easy. And so that's what led to the business was just trying to find enough fat. Did your, how did your dad know? I mean, sorry, your uncle know, like being a cardiologist in the current paradigm was low fat or lower your cholesterol. Um, and I know that he had this like diabetes, um, but how did he go against and buck against the trend? Like what was it that he researched and found out like, hey, I need to try this? Well, he, you know, Johns Hopkins was where the ketogenic diet was sort of developed. I mean, keto has been around people used to be keto, you know, when that was everything you ate, but the ketogenic diet was developed really formally at Johns Hopkins hospital or Johns Hopkins medical school or medical center as a treatment for child epilepsy. And so he was aware of that research. And as he really developed issues from the diabetes, he ended up having a pancreas and a kidney transplant. And so it was a serious issue. And I think he just realized, you know, there's something to that. So I thank him. I'm very thankful for that all the time. So yeah, he, he figured out like, Hey, this, this is pretty much life or death for me with these transplants. And he somehow knew about inflammation in, in the complications of the body breaking down or. I don't know. We okay. didn't talk about that. You know, he just, and in fact, I didn't know that much about keto until he told me, but you know, obviously it was too late for him. Um, he ended up dying from complications related to the diabetes, as did his brother, who was a, a doctor down in Florida. And, you know, but I'm glad they shared that with me. He introduced you to that. That was about the time Atkins was a new thing. Is that true? Yeah, that was like in the 80s. Do the math. 26 huh? years ago. No, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> no, yeah, it would have been the 80s. It would have been, I think it was, uh, yeah, mid-late 80s when I started doing that. Wow, it's quite a bit of time, and it was uh, controversial when it was, like, come out. And even now, it's still, like, controversial on, like, mainstream media, but all these things are starting to shift. Yeah, yeah. you know, and in fact, people call it a fad or a fad diet and mm -hmm. the Atkins diet, people called it a fad back then. And, you know, when Karen and I were 
talking about this and I told her about Atkins and I think her first reaction was, you know, seeing all the, the Atkins junk food in the, you know, and yeah, there's yeah. merchandise. Type yeah. I mean, yeah it's just, there's a lot of fake, very processed food products and that, that was my impression of Atkins was I'd heard about it. You know. They're really diving into the weight loss market pretty much, yeah, right? Just, like yeah, convenience. My, my impression was that it was a fad and that was partly based on all the products that they've since put out there. But The crap. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Ross said, well, you know, have you read the book? No, I haven't. And it, when you read the book, he couldn't, because fat was such a bad word back then, he couldn't, he kind of played that down and played protein up, I think, in its place. So okay. if there's a flaw there, it was that. But the underlying biology that he describes of the processes was totally solid. I was really impressed with the book when I took the time to dig into it. Yeah, you know, and he doesn't, everything that he espouses in the book or everything that he encourages people to eat is real food. Yeah. There's no, there is none of the Atkins, you know, processed crap in there. And so, you know. And, yeah, that was that, well, which, which book it. was that again? Just the the with the Diet Revolution, the first Atkins book. Okay, you know, and and that had been my my approach to food was real food, and I came to this from sort of a more paleo, eat real food um, perspective. But the keto part of it fits so nicely into that, and that totally made sense to me. And so did you, like, change anything when you met Ross? If he was already doing that and then he introduced it to you and... Yeah, bump up the fat and see, Okay, you know, how how does that work? How does that feel? Because I had also been starting to keep track of my own, you know, blood sugar, know that I'm a little insulin resistant, seeing my A1C creep up a little bit. So being more mindful about carbs and even if they're, you know, good whole food carbs to be more thoughtful about that. And so the, the keto piece fit right in there. And that's, that's kind of how I got there. What did you notice uh, change for you in terms of when you transitioned to keto? I think my favorite thing is the, the losing that carb roller coaster. You know, I just ate breakfast and I'm hungry again in two hours and I'm hangry. Yes. <laughs> you know, the cranky and then the, you need a nap or you, you know, you get the brain fog and all of that kind of just stops. It goes away. So, so you transition from like hangry to horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a Maybe. break now. <laughs> yeah, time out. <laughs> okay, we're back now. <laughs> that was a quick one. <laughs> I'm not sure li- I like what you're saying there. <laughs> well, we'll have to ask Kara. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, um, word of mouth, did you guys use any form of advertising? Our only advertising when we started was the advertising we did as a sponsor of Jimmy Moore's podcast. And and that was it. And from that, we started getting some social media followers. Now, both Kara and I sort of abhor social media. I have never had a Facebook account before this i don't even still like facebook i i kind of like instagram you know it's a i think a better format but 
you know, we started doing some social media posts, started developing some followers and, you know, our friend Eva, I know you just interviewed Eva. Yes. And Eva had once said, you ain't shit on the, on the internet until you got 10,000 followers. And when we hit 5,000, I texted her and I said, Hey, we're half a shit. You know, know, we're still not to 10,000, but it's all been organic. We don't do a lot of giveaways. We're not doing things to try to promote followers. But I think that means that the people who have been following us, we interact with them and, and they've been pretty loyal and, and that's helped us grow. Yeah, there's a, like a solid foundation there in the relationship that you guys have developed. And I've noticed that because now your followers are posting on your behalf. They're, right? Yeah, they're yeah, great. They're yeah, they're pretty much telling. I'm, I'm telling everybody because I've tried all the kinds of nut butters. And uh, I mean, this sounds like a commercial right now, but like <laughs> seriously, like it was like the best I ever tried because uh, Chris Albert... And Andrew Marr with the Warrior Soul at the time, like they, you know, I guess had met you guys in Austin uh-huh. during the, uh, what was it, Paleo event? Paleo yeah, Paleo FX. FX. Yeah, so they shared the product with me and I was like, holy shit, like this is amazing. Like, like who is it? Who makes this, you know? And I love the name. And, um, yeah, I just, I just knew that I had to like meet you guys. So I would figure that people had the same experience with the product, you know, and then just, you know, just start becoming like re- repeat customers. Yeah, we've gotten some, we get some really nice love from our customers. We've got, we've got good friends and fans. It's, it's really kind of touching that's the word we've used yes what people say about us they take the time to write reviews and they're just they're really nice yes i know that the secret ingredient is love right because like that's all i felt with you guys since we've hung out this last four days i i came back after the first um you know, come into like the fat bomb Mecca the first time when you guys had the, uh, the open house, right? Uh-huh. It was, it was, uh, trying to think of the word. It was a pil- pilgrimage, you know, coming back. <laughs> so it's like, now I just want to keep coming back because I really like hanging out with you guys. I really feel that you exemplify, uh, love, um, you know, in your product. That's, that's one of the things that, it's like hard to measure but you can feel when you eat like chicken homemade chicken soup made by like mom with love or mom's like homemade cookies and i feel like it extends to uh your your product and um where during so you came up with f-bomb but where did you come up with love you foods love you foods was actually the the official first name and we still you know Kara had thought I don't know how did you that was sort of your brainchild as well but you know we do (laughs) you know we do love what we're doing we were not looking for a fad we weren't tracking you know how keto is a search term trends against paleo or anything i mean we just yeah, we just wandered in yeah we wandered in at the right time i guess on mm-hmm. an upward trend but we just were making stuff we wanted and you know we understand the the healing power of real food and we understand because of what it's done for us you know how good healthy fats are so it it felt like you know we do we do this for love we do this to help people 
in fact, on our first packaging, we had love listed as one of the ingredients, and we just had to take that off. Uh, yeah, I've seen that on other products yeah. as well. Well, it'll be going away. Uh, okay. We had it listed in the ingredient list. We had it's like you know, number one, maybe, huh? Well, no, because okay. So we had ingredients, and then to comply with the FDA rules, it said ingredients: macadamia nuts, coconut, raw organic coconut butter, sea salt, and then we put a period, and then we had and love. And we thought that'd be okay with the FDA because it wasn't listed as an ingredient because the period separated it. Oh. But there's this weird rule that between your ingredients and your nutrition label, you can't have any intervening things. You can't put the barcode there. You can't have other wording. You'd be throwing love in there. You can't even put no love. and love. So okay. we, you know, unfortunately, we had to take that off the package. When we did the redo into the new pouch shape here, a so few what, weeks ago. what were the? I'm trying to think of when I look at ingredients. Like, is there a comma there? No, we just had to take the and love out. So now it says ingredients. You know, macadamia nut butter, sea salt, and that's it. And then, but right there's below like a that, comma between macadamia and that, and then yeah. comma yeah. sea salt. We just had to take the and love out. Yeah, but it's, like, but it's still, still there. It's still in there, yeah. It's still there. We just can't tell you about it. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen like other products where it says like, um, you know, made with 100% love or uh, it seemed like in the ingredient there would be like their, their ingredient to the actual product and then a comma love. So would would that have fl- like worked or it's uh, no it's yeah, it'll yeah. be going away. They're yeah. okay. right on the edge now. Yeah, <laughs> damn yeah. it! I love love. <laughs> uh, no, we love love too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, there are a lot of things that. So here's something that's interesting: the FDA has guidelines for how much fat and protein you should take. They have recommended daily intakes for those. Uh, there is no recommended daily intake range for carbohydrates. So you can advertise a product as low fat if it has a certain percentage of fat in relationship to the total cal- calories. We on our first packaging had uh, low carb on there, and we had to take that off our new packaging. Since there's no recommended range for carbohydrates, you can't say what's low or high because there's no recommendation, no recommendation or recommended range. So we can't say our stuff is low carb because you can't tell us, or the FDA doesn't have a range and tell us, okay, yeah, this is low carb, this is high carb, right, right, which is totally stupid. Yeah. So now it gets into like the um, sort of controversy sides or conspiracy sides about like uh who owns the fda or controls like what can be like made what can be said uh the pharmaceutical companies all that kind of stuff so you know it's like they have recommend uh ranges for fat and protein but no, not for carbs that's really interesting but because of that at the very beginning on our package on the front we really wanted to emphasize be a little contrarian, a little snarky. And so our first packages said not low fat, not even a little. And we still have that on the packaging. We can't say low carb, but we can say it's not low fat because there is a range and there is a, a, a ratio of, you know, fat to carbs. And our stuff is definitely not low fat. 
which is again just totally stupid that you can't say low carb but right and the the thing with the food industry is it's all about like consumption right and like what mm-hmm. makes the product very addictive you know and so you guys create something that's very like sustainable gives you like long-term energy there's no like up mm-hmm. and down like blood sugar crashes and these other products are designed to like keep you like consuming like potato chips right it's like you just mindlessly eat this stuff and if it's low fat then obviously it's not gonna like uh, satiate you yeah. so it's really interesting that you know you create a product that doesn't tap into the addictive patterns of the brain one and then two actually like enhances people's like well-being in regards to like helping them uh remove the symptoms of eating these highly processed foods that create inflammation and destroy the body and you know especially like sugar right and so and you make it sound all very technical and and you're absolutely right but you know, really, we haven't done anything magical, and I'm surprised nobody else had done it, but nobody else was making macadamia nut butter like this, and uh, it's just real food. I mean, if you could take avocados and grind them up and put them in a pack and they wouldn't turn brown, uh, or you could find 10 ripe avocados all at the same time, <laughs> at the same time. you know, I yeah, mean, that's all it is, is just real food, but real food has so much power. Right. You know, it's it's amazing. And and in some ways what we did I think is pretty cool and innovative and in some ways it's just basic. common sense. Really basic common yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, to your point about addiction though, you know, we did make a choice. What we found is that as you back off eating the carbs and especially sugar, your palate adjusts. And there's a lot of keto stuff out there that is sweetened some way or another, a non-sugar way. And our take on that was that at some point you just have to back off of that, get away from that craving. And so we chose not to promote that by adding a lot of, you know, non-nutritive sweeteners and just try to try to provide something for people that just want to not not promote that and get rid of that, get rid of that addiction. And that would have been a, a decision that, you know, most companies would have just, like, bypassed. Well, people are so used to things being so sweet. Right. I think we had talked about there's sugar in everything. Yeah. Or so everything is sweetened, and so people are so, there's such a, I think the baseline for what tastes right is super sweet for most, you know, the standard American diet. It's super sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are used to eating really sweet stuff, uh and you have a piece of like 86% dark chocolate, it tastes so bitter and nasty. Painful. Right. Yeah. yeah. But now that's our, I mean, that's our standard go-to uh, for chocolate. And if I were to have a piece, you know, sometimes I'll cut up a cantaloupe. Ruby is not keto. And uh, I'll cut up a piece of cantaloupe for her and I'll take a bite and see if it's ripe. And it's so sweet. I'll taste that in my mouth for half an hour. And it's really weird. You know, how just, you adjust. Yeah. 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 You know, you adjust. And so Kara, Kara, she, what she likes to say is get off the crack, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> break, break the sugar addiction, quit. Cause people will sometimes beat us up for not using stevia oh. or erythritol or the yeah. sugar, the other sugar alcohols in there. And, uh, and there's some new ones out and we're getting some pressure to use some of those. And, 
our thought is we would rather have a little bit of a nutritive natural sweetener like a sugar or cane syrup just a little bit right than any amount of something really artificial and processed and people say oh stevia is natural and sure if you grew a stevia plant in your you know your kitchen window that's a natural plant and those leaves if you make a tea out of them have a lot of compounds that may ha- even have some medicinal benefit but stevia the plant the leaf is not fda approved for use in food and a lot of people don't realize that oh the stevia that you buy in a package despite all the green leaves on the package is either not stevia or very in in a small part stevia or it's just the steviolglycoside that was chemically extracted from the stevia leaf you know okay. so it's like a coca leaf is natural right crack cocaine is not really natural it's, anymore yes, yes. and it's the same thing you know right. they use chemicals to extract these steviolglycosides and that's the only part that's fda approved for use in food right this is all interesting right because it's like what do they allow what they don't it allow you know and yeah. the and the it's misleading yes look at a packet uh a box or a bottle or a jar or whatever form you get, whether it's liquid or powder, look at the the container and it'll have green leaves on it. Yeah, and I've seen it. People, yeah, people will say, "Oh, wait, stevia is natural; it's okay." But you can't use stevia in a product legally. All you can use is the stevial glycoside. And out of all of the sweeteners, besides sugar, the non-nutritive sweeteners. The steviolglycoside has one of the lowest uh, acceptable daily intakes, the ADI, basically the safe level of all of those. I think Dr. Feisbuck basically said that uh, two stevia-sweetened sodas would put you over the safe daily limit according to the FDA. So it's not the free lunch. Kara likes to talk about the free lunch. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how it's being treated now that it's kind of an all-you-can-eat, and I don't... It, the particular qualities of stevia aside, you're still, when you consume something that's got that sweet taste, no matter what the sweetener is, you're you're sending your body that message. Like, here comes some really sweet, so your whole, your metabolism is gearing up for that. So, yeah, I think that's it's maybe... I, and, you know, we've heard some good arguments for, you know, using some of those sweeteners and products that are making things palatable for kids who are, they have to follow a ketogenic diet. And if that, you know, makes that work for them, then maybe, sure, you can make that argument. But I think for general use, it bears a little bit of, a little caution. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're an athlete or you're using exogenous ketones for therapeutic uses because of epilepsy or neurological function or issues, and you're taking exogenous ketones, those by themselves taste pretty nasty. So that's a case where, mm-hmm. yeah, put some stevia in it, put some great f- flavoring in it, and right, make right. it palatable <laughs> uh, so that the people don't barf. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But when you're eating real food and you take macadamia nuts and you get used to eating less sweetened things, the macadamia nuts, when they're roasted and ground like that, they're sweet. They taste nice. And yeah, that's what butter. I noticed. And we don't want to hide that. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, even um, maybe your like chocolate macadamia product, 
like there's a little bit of cane sugar, but it's so tiny. And, you know, I've had like raw chocolate before and, and it's, 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 you think you're going into it like, oh, this is really healthy, but you find out like how much sugar is in it and agave or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, holy crap. And then I'm tasting yours and it's not like that sweet, but it's sweet enough and it's delicious. And it's not like, it doesn't overpower like the fat taste of it too, you know? Yeah, we use a little bit of a 65% chocolate. And we're using actual chocolate chips or chocolate wafers. So we're not it's not a powder, it's not a chocolate flavor. We use a real organic fair trade dark Cacao. chocolate bittersweet chocolate yeah. chip. Yeah. And we melt it and blend it in with the the macadamia nut and it's literally less than a penny's weight of chocolate in a pack. So it's not very much. I mean, we'll have two squares of dark chocolate at night with a glass of wine for dessert, and, mm-hmm. and that works for us. But, you know, like we tell people, you got to figure out what works for you. So just because we make it and we say it's what we want and we think it's okay doesn't mean it's okay for you or everybody. Yeah, I, I like how everything is. I hope nothing really changes, you know. <laughs> like maybe you might have like a, a specific pack for some population that does need a little bit of more sugar in it or something but it's amazing i think if we do a specialty or we change anything you know we've had some requests uh like a a pretty well-known author has asked us to to do an organic macadamia nut butter but there aren't enough organic macadamia nuts in the world to supply even a year of what we're producing right now so you know, we can't do that. It's just not practical. But we we may do some small run organic. Special edition. Yeah. Yeah, limited edition. Just to make her happy. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, people want that, that and that's good. Yeah, because that was the question I did ask like during dinner last night. You know, it's just like um, the whole question about organic because you have like all this amazing uh, labeling like uh, paleo, keto, vegetarian, vegan yeah. friendly, you know, and, and it's like, where's the organic part? And it's it. like, oh, well, let me school you on like what's going on with the macadamia farms in the world, you know, and, and like the way that it's all gathered and how you guys um, purchase it from a source. Yeah, you know, like in Kenya or South Africa or Australia, wherever, uh, you know, the macadamia nuts are not typically grown in a big farm. They might be, you may have 300 families that each have one or two macadamia nut trees, and that's providing them income, and we want to support that. Yeah. But to get those 300 different farms if you you know whatever you call them the little family run operations to get all of those certified as organic is really almost impossible and if one of them's not certified then that whole batch can't be called organic and so you know we're buying we think the best quality macadamia nuts and there aren't i mean there's a limited supply of macadamia nuts in the world but there just aren't that many organic so wherever we can we do get organic products, our coconut butter, our coconut oil, those are organic, you know, but even the chocolate's organic, you know, we just, we can't get enough macadamia nut that's certified organic. Yet. 
Maybe yet. someday. Yet. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. that's Create a, that demand and right. maybe it happens. But most of those things are produced anyways without any kind of pesticides. Just a, well, that's the other a tropical thing. Yeah. type yep. of night. Just and, because it's not organic doesn't mean it's being coated with pesticides. So, yeah. It may yeah. be actually organic. It's just, you know, it's just there's, to go through the certification process of each of those right. tiny, tiny little farms, you know? Yeah. And we certainly, we don't want to mislead anybody and say, you know, it's organic. It's just not called that wink, wink. Yeah. But they are tested for heavy metals and pesticides. And, you know, so we know the quality of the product. It's just not practical. But like Kara said, you know, as the demand increases for organic macadamia nuts, maybe that will change. And maybe someday, you know, we've joked about having our own macadamia nut farm somewhere. Yeah, which like We're living on the South Africa and visiting our macadamia Hawaii. farm. So you, you Hawaii, get, she says. Where, where would that? Hawaii. That would yeah, be yeah. Too. I was going to mention. Fine. Yeah, there's so many there, and especially on the Big Island, and um, even Roseanne Bar has like a macadamia nut farm. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if you guys actually uh, source some of it from her. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So at what point during the um, this whole process? Because you guys were like holding full time jobs in the beginning, mm-hmm. when were you able to like lead those jobs? At what stage of the business development? That was early last year, so early twenty seventeen or late twenty sixteen. Yeah, a year ago, yeah. So yeah. about two years. No, two years. Oh, oh you mean in? Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it was you guys been in for three years now, right? Just, Just about. about. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you're literally grinding, burning the, the candle on both ends because you have full-time jobs and then you're, you're even traveling, Ross, and you're, you're, you're taking care of your, your father in, in Phoenix. So, yeah. like, how the heck did you guys find time to... It became obvious when it was time to call it, call it on the day jobs and okay. just jump in full-time. It was did you do it one at a time, or you both did it at the same time? Or? Well, let me tell you. No, Kara put in notice, and the thought was that I would keep working in the job I had, which was in the wind energy business. I worked for a wind turbine company that was based out of Florida. And um, so Kara put in her notice, and because of her position as their accountant and the, the transaction and the the end of year, closing the books, all that stuff. She gave them, oh, like three months notice just so she could have time to train somebody else, do a smooth transition. So she gave notice first. And about a month later, I got laid off. Oh, shit. You know, the wind energy business is... <laughs> a little, well, I had nudge. told them, I'd broached the subject. And I said, you know, sometime next year, I may want to go to part-time or, or leave. But I'm just letting you know. And they said... Okay, well, we're cutting back and outsourcing some, so yeah. thank you. Wow. So she's like, that's not fair, you know? I gave mm-hmm. notice first, and I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> but. So, yeah, no, but it... So it was a little nudge, but it was good. It was good timing, and it was the right time for the business, too. It was. It wasn't, we, we could see that it was starting to ramp up the way we were hoping, and so it wasn't... It was scary, but it wasn't terrifying. Right, right. So you could see that there was some sort of, I mean, I don't want to throw meaning in there or whatever, but the timing was ripe 
somehow. Yeah. It, oh, you can throw that in. We're okay. on the same page. I mean, yeah, things yeah. happen for a reason. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, everything that we've done in our lives got us to this point in some weird convoluted path. Yeah, as we were saying in the beginning yeah. of the yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was the right time. And certainly, Kara would not have willingly said, hey, let's both quit at the same time. Because, of course, that impacts the finances at home, but it worked out well. So it how, was right. How did, how did that change everything now that both of you, you were leaving three months, you got laid off, and then at a certain point, both of you now are doing this full time? Well, it does add some motivation to make things grow. Yes. You know, there was actually a period of time when Kara... Got hangry and hornier there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when Kara's dad was in the hospital. <laughs> when her dad was in the hospital and I was traveling a lot, there were times when we were hoping we didn't get orders. And that's not the right way to run a business yeah, or to grow a business. Deal. And so once you're in it, and, and in retrospect, we probably should have jumped in full time earlier, but it's hard to do financially. But once you're in it, now you got to make it. It's either got to grow or sink. And fortunately, it grew. Yeah, it's almost like um, the you were encouraged by, if you want to say, the universe or something, right? Like um, it was like, oh, if you don't decide, I, I'll decide got for little, you. Got right? a little shove. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little shove out of the nest there. Yeah. And so what what changed then that now you guys uh are fully committed to this did um now you could fulfill more orders like what what was going on at that stage Yeah and then we started doing more social media advertising we started running ads on Facebook and Instagram and uh started sponsoring some other podcasts mm-hmm. like Chris Alberts and Drew Manning and you know some other people who had messages we liked and Stepped on the accelerator a little bit and weren't afraid to, you know, do that. We weren't, yeah, weren't standing on the brakes anymore. So that was good. Yeah. And then when you see your growth is like 70% a month, you wow. realize, okay, this is the right thing to do. Yes. And, and, and still, you're doing everything by hand. Yeah. <laughs> so the pouches, you know, when we first were doing this, we were getting pouches, packets that were sealed on three sides. So they were sealed on the sides and the top and we would fill them through the opening on the bottom and then seal it, do a pre-seal. So you've got to fill it, pre-seal it, and then run it through a band sealer that does a final seal, a wider seal and date codes it with a batch and a lot number. And every single one of those, you know, we would sell 20 or 30,000 I don't know how many packets. I don't know. It was hard to tell. Right. We've sold, we've put together a couple hundred thousand of those little manual pouches like that. We did graduate to getting the the pouches completely printed. So we ended up with just one variety where we were still putting the labels on by hand. So that was a good, that was a good upgrade. So that helped Kara, but I was still doing the <laughs> pouches, doing everything. you know, and mm-hmm. it broke my neck, broke my yeah. shoulder. You know about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It just really caused a lot of pain in my neck. I was standing there and it was this very repetitive motion thing because you do that a, a thousand or 12 or 1500 times in a day. And, but it worked out. I mean, I'm certainly not complaining. And now we've got a machine that takes roll film and folds it and makes the pouches and fills it. And 
we still have to monitor it and we weigh the pouches and mm-hmm. check the seal integrity, but it's it's much much more automated. Yeah, like speaking of uh, synchronicity, so now you're at a certain stage of development with the business. You're sort of like breaking your back or your necks, you know, putting this together. So many chances to maybe throw your hands up in the air, but you guys are fully committed. And then all of a sudden, like somebody comes to you like at an event and says like, hey, I would love to be involved with this. Like, well, how can I help? And that just took your business to making like what a couple of gallons a day to how many two hundred gallons or something. Yeah, no, that's that's ten ten times our production capacity. Uh, so twenty gallons. Well, like I don't know in a month. no a hundred times it, our product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so it was two gallons a month to two hundred gallons a month. No, I mean two two gallons a batch, a like batch. a day. Yeah, okay, yeah, of like yeah. number of units produced in a in a month. But yeah, it was a huge a huge difference, and yeah, we met the right the right people at the exact right time, for sure. So this guy who we met at KetoCon in September of last year. They had a supplement company that was also at KetoCon, and he just came by to see his company's booth and check it out. And while he was there, he wandered around and saw some other things, and he came by and chatted with us and liked what we're doing. And so he sort of stalked us all day and came back later in the day and said, hey, could we chat after the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember talking to him at the grand opening, and he yeah. he said that he really loved the Keto one, the the truck. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we bought, uh, I mean, again, we made the products we wanted. We got the vehicle we wanted. I mean, we like to camp, and we plan someday to drive down through Central and South America. So we found a a used medium-duty Freightliner ambulance at a place back in Philadelphia and bought it. I flew back, drove it out here. We put a lift kit in it and big tires on it so we can take it off-road and painted it rat rod black and put the logos on it and it's a business expense yeah yeah i mean it's a badass truck man <laughs> yeah but it's fun it's fun. yeah it's fun. really cool and it really just you know works in with your brand and your lifestyle you know and so this guy he stalked you he tried the product really liked it um eventually just made an offer that you guys couldn't refuse exactly yeah yeah and it felt really good i mean we were this was september 2nd 3rd and 4th was KetoCon, and on monday we we were planning to head back i think to monday or tuesday mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and he had said yeah it just it felt right obviously but you know he'd said hey let me talk to my partner and if he's interested we might want to come out to flagstaff sometime and and chat with you in a couple weeks maybe yeah maybe in a couple weeks we'll come out and on monday i get a text hey how's thursday look and so obviously they were interested and excited uh and we didn't get back until late tuesday night so we weren't back in the office until wednesday and we set up this meeting with them they came out and we met thursday and had some preliminary discussions and it felt right. One of the things that felt really good to us is they asked what kind of charities and causes we like to support, what's important to us. They were not looking just to throw some money at a brand. They wanted to help it grow. They were doing a lot of pretty altruistic cancer research funding and 
they liked that we have both the epilepsy cause and the the TBI, the veterans, mm-hmm. you know, Warrior Angels Foundation kind of cause that we want to support. Uh, it was important that they offered more than just some funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that just seemed like a really a really good fit, and it was good timing. We were getting to a place where I think that happens to every growing business. You start to get pinched a little bit for funding and right and like whether to just stay at that uh level of you can throttle throttle back and grow really slowly but you know to really let the business grow like it would like to grow you you might need to add some funds so the machine that we have now was it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and we didn't have that but whole foods had approached us in fact two different regional buyers from whole foods had approached us and that was great, but we didn't have the capacity to supply Whole Foods. And so, you know, we're in this spot where we're a bit stuck. And we had talked to a couple people about maybe getting some money, whether it was a loan or investment. And But we're still hesitant. And but before this me- just felt good, though. These yeah, people- before a meeting... Uh- Exactly. The company that yeah, ended yeah. up. So yeah, they, they yeah. brought the financial backing, but also good expertise in a lot of things that were really helpful to us. So, And a shared vision. You know, exactly. they want us to grow. They don't want to change the brand or the ingredients. And and that was important to us. So, you know, we've I know, Tony, we've had these discussions about people and it's got to feel right. And you you sort of get a sense for whether they are genuine and open and vulnerable and honest or not right and we just felt really good about these people yeah i mean that's the one of the things i was gonna ask you is like how do you know that you know right like how did you know it was like you it felt right but what were the sort of uh signals to you that like this and you you guys did answer it was just like you like picked up my thought there you know (laughs) it was just like these were the things that they showed us whether it was um supporting other causes that they had um expertise in areas that you guys are pretty new to and didn't want you guys to change anything they were super supportive about that vision and keeping things the way it's been going um but what was what was your thought during that time where it was all of a sudden just out of nowhere out of the blue like some guy shows up because one of my favorite movies is uh, Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> and it's just like, he just seemed to like walk into like all these synchronicities, right? Like even when things like just shit hits the fan, he somehow is guided. And, and for me, that's why it's so important to like follow my intuition and my heart. Um, I, I know what I see and I'm always curious, like what do you guys see when you're in, in flow or when you're in purpose and you have meaning, like how did you, like what were the things that um, were showing up for you during that time? Or did you even like ask for like help in some prayer kind of way? Like what was going on? Like, I think I looked to Kara. So I'll tell you, you know, Kara is much more analytical. Kara will put everything in a spreadsheet. She's incredibly methodical, very organized. She's a planner. She will analyze all of the options and permutations. To, to yeah, the, well, to I the mean, extreme, you were, we're a good balance. Yeah, yeah. and I'm much more a, 
Okay, that sounds good, and it feels good. So I may have 80% of the information, but I, it feels good, feels right to me. Let's go with it. Mm. And we're different in that respect. And I think one of the things that was most affirming for me during this was Carol so felt that's a right fit. Yeah, it feels it good did to feel her. Good. Yeah, because you had that other side of you, like you're very structured, organized, analytical, logical, and sense. You have a background in what was it, botany, or? wildlife biology, yes, and accounting, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and you can thing, keeping all the things right. You can categorize like all these different yeah. types of yeah. um, plants and animals, and yeah, and, so, uh, yeah, you know, we did have a few pointed questions for them um but yeah the answers were good answers and it did all the answers felt right and it was you know one of the things we wanted to know was uh you know are you just are you you have some money and you're want to throw some money at keto stuff because keto's like the new cool thing and they had a really good answer. No, they had a very specific strategy and very particular things they wanted to do and goals and liked how what we were doing and what they were doing fit together. And so that felt really good. And all of those, all the questions we had, that felt right. Yeah, because their whole premise was that like with keto, there's all this research on like how it's helping people reverse all their illnesses exactly. and symptoms and you know whether it's like cancer or neurological diseases or epilepsy they had the same sort of mm -hmm. um long-term vision that you guys had too like yeah one I mean, of well because you're living the lifestyle anyways but yeah. yeah and one of the partners uh his mother had she got diagnosed with cancer and he he found that the keto helped her it didn't cure her but it prolonged her life and made the treatment more effective and so after she passed away he started funding a lot of cancer research through Dom Agostino and the University of South Florida and he was doing it very quietly wasn't looking for recognition we did look up the studies and found that you know at the bottom made possible through a generous donation by you know and that's great we verified it but uh, we liked their their goal, and we liked their purpose, which was to have a high-quality keto food company, a keto supplement company, and a keto medical products company. And they saw us as the third leg of their stool, and they were missing that. And it was really exciting to us and affirming that they were interested. And we also felt value from them. They didn't come in with a lowball. Uh didn't beat us up. Yeah, you know, the the typical, hey, I'm going to offer here, and then you're going to ask for this, and we're going to meet in the middle. They came in with something we thought was fair and equitable to both of us. And so we went from meeting them on September 2nd to doing all the due diligence and the negotiation and closing the deal before the end of October Okay, yeah, that was, so it's uh, just almost two months. Yeah. And that was yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, we knew there was also some value in, like Ross said, we had, we had talked about, you know, what if, where will we go if we decide we need to go look for money? But just having money is, that helps, but then you still need to, you still need the help. 
you know, you still need to know what to do with the money. You need to find yeah. the right people. So that, that was attractive. And yeah, there was definitely an element of synchronicity there. You know, we go to this event, we kind of thought about not going to the event because our lives were really crazy and it was a huge disruption to go do that. And, but that, you know, that was, that was the outcome. And so, yeah, it felt, and just having, having that kind of fall into our laps when we've seen what other companies read about what other companies have gone through when you, you, you decide you need to go look for that, that, that can be a huge, super time consuming, draining process. And, the right thing just kind of kind of showed up so that was really so we good. think yeah i mean i think we're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for us and you know as we grow they're going to win and as we grow we'll win you know we did not walk away our goal was not to like get a chunk of money and walk away we are very much invested and we are you know if the company doesn't succeed we don't succeed and get paid mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it's a good fit for everybody uh, felt yeah. like their motivation and goals very much aligned with ours. Yeah, so, um, I mean, because you hear these sort of stories that happen where people, things do fall into place, and um, you guys were in some sort of unknown territories, and you had the courage to keep going, to keep working, and then eventually, like, you you found your breaks, um, it, there's always this sort of story, like the hero's journey. Yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah, and that all these Disney movies talk about it and stuff like yep. that. But um, were there points where you're like, holy shit, like, why did we do this? Or, you know... Well, you mean start the business or the or do the the yeah like, or the like when you were actually like in the business before the investor came in and you're just like 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 this is not what we thought this was going to be like or you know um I don't I'm going to say no not not really because like some people feel like all of a sudden uh, the business runs them instead of the the they run the business per se right. There is an element of that. We tried to, I think we were both mindful of that. Be careful. We were trying to be thoughtful even before we started the business. We had talked about the possibility of starting a business. And we talked about, well, what kind of business would that be? And we'd want it to be, have certain qualities and be something, you know, scalable and not something where it would totally depend on us being there 24 seven forever, you know? So yeah, thinking like a about, life sentence. Yeah, in some exactly. Ways. Yeah, Cause yeah. I think you can definitely paint yourself in a corner like that. Oh, like, Oh, I made, started this business and now it's working and I'll never escape. You know? Yeah. And which is fine. If like you guys like really enjoyed it, didn't feel like work, it was like it a is. lifestyle, but you know, a lot of people, <laughs> it ends up, becoming a job you, you want know. something yeah. that you know you can maybe retire from at some point it's right not. and so just being mindful of how we put the business together um but on the other hand we weren't looking just to sell widgets on ebay or amazon exactly. and, and have no connection or do any good you know so i think we found a good middle ground there good, and we again we stumbled into it balance but yeah there definitely is a point you know you you start 
we had the idea and we thought, well, we'll try it. You know, we'll, we can make these first few products and we'll see if it goes. And then it kind of goes. And so you feed it a little more and you put a little more effort and money into it and it gets a little bigger. And then there is a point where it, you realize that you're in pretty deep and you don't, you know, you're kind of in at that you're point. In, yeah. You yeah, can't turn so, back. Yeah. You don't want, you definitely, you could, but you definitely don't want to. You're pretty, you're, that investment keeps increasing and you get, you know, you definitely get committed. What would be the biggest lesson you both learned um, so far being involved with this and, um, or like, I don't know, something that like enabled you to, will help you for the future, you know, a mistake. Uh... Oh, we've had mistakes. We sent, <laughs> we got a bunch of labels that had a typo and we had corrected it. And then in the last revision, somehow the graphics guy used an early form and the typo got put back in. We didn't catch it. So we had probably 8,000 packets that we sent out that said no added sugar with three Ds, A, D, 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 E, D, you know, <laughs> no added sugar. sugar. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody saw that. But we posted about it and we said, hey, now with extra vitamin D, you know. I mean, right, right. Uh, Which is cool because you guys took the initiative to admit your mistake publicly rather than the other way around, you know? Well, you yeah. got yeah. you to gotta laugh. Gotta but yeah. I think, you know, Karen and I had talked about this last year, and I, I said, so if you were asked to speak to a group of entrepreneurs, what would your message be? And she said, don't fuck it up. So we've kind of <laughs> joked, you know, we have the DFIU. Yeah. And if you got a good thing and it's going... Sometimes the best thing to do is just not screw it up and do more of the good things. Yeah, and just, I think persistence, you know, both of us have done other things that did or didn't work out to a greater or lesser degree, but you just keep keep going back for more, just keep at it. That's cool. You know, something will come together at some point. So. Well, I know that we can talk forever. Um, there's <laughs> definitely going to be another show when I come back here because you both have an amazing like history background, which I think really adds to the complete story of uh, F-Bomb. And um, yeah, I just feel really honored that you know you guys had taken the time of your busy schedule to be able to share um, this story of how this all came about and i just really feel like it it will help other people that are interested in having a dream or like what it takes to to make that happen and sort of know what signals or intuition to listen to and you know uh, be open to like magic and synchronicity and be open to feedback on like how you can improve and mm -hmm. you know what you guys exemplify is just like uh, to me is integrity uh, generosity uh, responsibility you know and and even like uh, vulnerability like leading with the heart and having like courage to do this because it's something that feels right to you you know and, and and i'm sure like there's all these people around now are like what what are you doing but at the same time you have all these other people that are like more you know please we want more of this this is oh, incredible yeah. yeah we definitely have the people who are like 
f bomb? What are you what? doing? Are yeah. you going to sell like you're like, going to sell butters? Fat in you know, packs? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So like the name to me just like even exemplifies like um, your sort of sense of humor. You know, the ability to. Oh yeah, well, we'll definitely come on to hangry and horny. You know, we'll get hangry and horny with you. You know, and um, I just thought that wow, I was so honored that you guys wanted to sponsor this show. And well, we love what you're oh, doing, Tony, sure. and you have been a bright spot. I mean, certainly you coming into our life was unexpected, and Bonus. there's a bit of a funny story behind that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, very funny. You know. Yeah, we're thrilled that you did, and it's been great getting to know you and have you come out and stay with us for a few days. It's been a pleasure. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, thanks, Ross Tony. and Kara. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, check out uh, fatbomb.com or drop at fbomb.com and check out their uh, amazing nut butters. I'm a massive, huge fan. <laughs> well, that sounded funny, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> well, that was super fun. Super fun episode with Ross and Kara Taylor. Learned so much from them. In regards to, you know, being really cool people behind a brand that actually care or give a shit about their their peeps, the people that support F-Bomb, their clients, their customers, whatever you want to call them. They're always there for them. Great customer service. And I love the fact that they're just really warm-hearted individuals that found a need for themselves and, you know, is providing that for the masses of people that are interested in, you know, living a specific lifestyle that doesn't bog them down and gives them uh, high quality, nutritious energy through fats. So I just love their intuitive sense, their connection with life and, and uh, others. And it just taught me a lot about being around them, hanging out seeing how they run operations, um, hearing their story about being entrepreneurs while holding, you know, full-time jobs. So they did whatever it takes to make it. And uh, there's obviously some setbacks and challenges, but, you know, they just persevered and, you know, trusted that everything would work out. And that's the beauty of the entrepreneur lifestyle is that you have your control you know you have the ability to you know work when you want to work or work when you don't or don't want to work and um it's just really cool that there's people out there like ross and kara that are going for their dreams and and uh providing like amazing value to the world so check out fatbomb.com they uh you know, or drop an fbomb.com. And if you're interested in, you know, ordering their nut butters, just use the promo code FLOWREAL, F-L-O-W-R-E-A-L. And uh, that'll give you 20% off your next order. And uh, if you really, really, really like Hangry and Horny and you want to help support the show and, uh, you know, enable me to cover... Uh, cost to produce it 
uh, check out patreon.com forward slash flow real and patreon is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash flow real f-l-o-w-r-e-a-l and any contribution is just greatly appreciated so thank you so much for listening and i can't wait to share the next episode of hangry and horny with dr dan angle a amazing physician who specializes in working with uh psychedelic compounds to promote healing and uh, integrity um for people uh in their lives who are suffering from things like PTSD or uh, traumatic brain injuries so check that out on the next episode super excited to uh, release that and thank you so much everybody for listening have a great one